Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is fantasy versus reality. Let's do this. Hey friends, I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kinda Dating. We have Aisha back. Hi, I'm back. You're back and you have braids. I do, yes. Your braids are back, which I fucking love. I've been doing some stuff during quarantine. Yeah, you've been playing with the hairstyles. (laughs) Do you have a favorite? (laughs) Oh, I always go back to the braids. Yeah, that's like your signature. Mm -hmm, It is. Wait, is there a color in there? It's red right now? There is. There's a little sparkle of red. Oh my God. Guys, you have to check (laughs) Aisha's hair out and all of her wonderful fashion um, on uh, social media. Where are you at, Aisha? I am at Aisha Says Dance everywhere. Um, And we are at kind of dating across the board. Um, I am constantly a little bit more complicated. So I am uh, at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. And you know what? Fuck it. Natasha dot Chandel on TikTok. Um, Every variation. I I got it. Um, Also, guys, please, 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 pretty please. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating or review wherever you get this podcast and tell your friends. It helps us a lot. And, um, you know, just subscribe wherever you get it. Uh, We also have merch available um, on tpublic.com. So you can go there, um, get a cool kind of dating hoodie or mug, uh, help support this independent podcast that we've been doing for four fucking years, Aisha. Wow. Four years. That's crazy. Our most committed relationship. Badass. Um, and wow. I'm so excited to continue uh, our trend of uh, podcasts. I don't know how many we've had, 170 something. Um, I have been wanting this guest on for a long time. Uh, I've watched him perform. I love his shit. Um, I, I just love the delivery and how smart he is. And uh, and and really the the perspective. So, uh, guys, I'm excited to welcome comedian, writer, cultural attaché, Tehran Von Gossery. Not only do I love that intro, I have to say this is a bit of a love hate, uh, Natasha, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm used to being the diversity on the show, and I'm like the least diverse person here. Yeah. So. Adam is the diversity on our show. I know. (laughs) I don't really, I don't know how to feel right now. I don't know how to feel right now. I'm surrounded by all this amazing feminine energy. Yeah. Yeah. Brown, black, Middle Eastern. It's like, we're, we're doing it. I love it. Yeah. If only only networks caught on to what you're doing right now. (laughs) If only networks understood how this worked. And it's natural and organic. And it's fine. And nothing happened. Nothing happened in the universe. By the way, quick disclaimer for all of your amazing viewers and listeners. My name is Tehran. I am a comedian. I am sarcastic, facetious, and dead-ass serious all the time. Like, all at the same time, all of the time. Just to let you know. And that's what, like, I love about your comedy. Because, like, you talk, like, you know, you'll you'll go into, like, a really serious topic. And you are, and you you make actually really good 
serious points about something. And then you you just flip it into a joke and you're such a great straight man with the entire bit. It's like, it's amazing. It's like, oh my God, it's, so, it's smart comedy, which I love. Um, and that's why like, I've seen you, you don't even know all the times I've seen you because before I had ever been introduced to you, I had been watching you for a long time. So big fan. Oh, Natasha. If only my, if only my high school teachers felt as confident in my <laughs> comedy as you did, I would have been better off. I would have been better off. High school, you know, no, I like some high school teachers. Some are dicks. Yeah. Kind of good thing. A lot, a lot. Uh, Tehran, we ask every guest the same question on the show. Aisha, do it. Are you single or in a relationship? I live in LA. So even if I'm in a relationship, I'm always single. So that's just, I just want everyone to understand how LA works as a whole. So yes, I am technically single. However, even if I was in a relationship, that might not actually answer this question. Just to let you know. Are you from LA? LA. To I'm not from LA. I'm Where from Washington, DC. I am oh. a DC native, born and raised. I actually only, the only other place I've ever lived is Los Angeles. So I came oh. straight from DC here. I'm a transplant. Yeah, like yeah. Los Angeles people. Yeah, I mean, I am. Aisha is a LA native. Phone yeah. and I know yeah. she gets uh, irked when everybody makes shit, you know, shit talks LA. It's true. <laughs> I'm like, why are you here then? <laughs> for you, Aisha. We're here for you. Obviously. We learned um, it by watching you, Aisha. We learned <laughs> it by watching you. <laughs> I do really get life through Aisha. Um, so today we're talking about something I've wanted to talk for a long time about. Um, and it's probably the core of most of the messages I get. Um, you know, hey, this is the situation I'm going through. What do you think? Uh, and most of the time, it's like people not accepting sort of the reality of what they're even writing to me. Um, so, you know, we're talking about fantasy versus reality. Um, have you ever sort of been in a situation, Tehran, where, you know, the fantasy and reality were like totally different? You just couldn't see it? Everybody that dates me is in this situation. That's how that works, right? So the fantasy is who they think you are and the reality is who you actually are. So who, do, who do they think you are and who are you actually? So people automatically assume comedians were always just boisterous and fun and comedic and humorous and just having a great time when that's very far from the truth. Most of the time, comedians, especially great comedians, because good comedy makes you laugh, but great comedy makes you think, most of us are quiet thinkers who are extremely introverted. I myself am a huge introvert. I would prefer to be home in my room watching Netflix and chilling by myself than anything else possible except possibly being on stage. So that's who they think I am. I'm going to be this big ball of fun all the time, and that's not the case. Also, be careful what you wish for because when you get into an intimate situationship with a comedian, do not be surprised when you get comedic responses to extremely serious things. <laughs> do not be surprised when you get smart-ass smart ass replies. That is what we are built on, the foundation of our very existence. Yeah. So you have to take the bad with the good, and that comes to play all the time. Oh my God, that's such a good point because uh, I feel like I get that all the time. I'm a super introvert and people are so shocked and I'm just like, I would rather just be alone all the time. Like everybody has been trying to push me on Clubhouse and I'm like, talk to people more. I'm like, more interaction. I was like, I try to, like my life goal is just to be so famous 
that I don't ever have to talk to anybody again. Like (laughs) social media, just I have an assistant. You deal with my texts. You deal with my emails. I don't want to talk to anyone. (laughs) Did you know that Kinda Dating Now has merch? Yep. We collaborated with tpublic.com to create t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, iPhone cases, and so much more. Picking up one of our items is a great way to support the show and grab some swag for yourself. So swing over to tpublic.com or follow the link in the description of this episode to grab yours today. That's a real thing. I don't know if either one of you are familiar with the Avengers movies and the Avengers universe, but in in the first Avengers, Aisha, if you remember when they kept asking Dr. Bruce Banner how he keeps the Hulk at bay. The Hulk Mm -hmm. is the creature that uh, comes out as soon as he gets any bit above angry. And they keep asking him because he's obviously had a history of not being able to do so. Mm -hmm. And finally, at the time where they need the Hulk, they're like, now would be a great time. And he says, that's my secret. I'm always angry. Mm. That's how you keep it at bay? That's how I feel. That's my secret. I'm always annoyed. My baseline is just being annoyed. My baseline is thinking everyone's stupid. That's my baseline. <laughs> that is that is where I start off, right? So true. Aisha's like sh- shook right now. She's I like, am. I'm literally always annoyed. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good and bad feeling. It's why they say things like ignorance is bliss. They literally just mean when you're not smart enough to know what's really happening, right? Yeah. It's when you're not smart enough to know the matrix we live in, mm-hmm. then the matrix is amazing. That steak tastes like steak. <laughs> Um, Aish, have you ever sort of been in this sort of fantasy versus reality situation where you couldn't see something for what it is? All the freaking time. I'm like literally coming out of a fantasy right now. It's like ridiculous. Wait, what is it? I want to, do you mind talking about it? (laughs) I will tell you. There's this person at work and I was like, oh, okay. Attractive. I'm down. Let's go. Blah, blah, blah. I built up this whole fucking thing. But like every time I have an interaction with this person, like, the fantasy dies more and more and more. I'm like, I don't think I actually like this person. Oh, yeah. So I'm like sitting here trying to convince myself to keep going for it. But then yeah. like literally the other day I had an epiphany. I was like, this is just not going to work. Like, And is it just like every time you interact, like you see the person for who they are? Or yes. is it? Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. not as likable as you thought. Not at all. <laughs> He must be like, very good looking. Like, he must be very good looking. He must have like the jawline. He's got that smooth skin. You must, his smile. He's like just literally like my perfect like type, which yeah. is why I keep trying to like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, Does he have locks? Does he have locks? Tell me he has locks. He does have long hair. <laughs> wow, Tehran, you just get, you guessed it. Wow. That's the guy. That's that the guy. Very no, specific. It's it's funny because, you know, I was listening to the the driver's license song um, uh, and there's that line in there that says, like, it makes me sad that my friends won't see you the way I see you. And I was kind of like, no, no, your friends are right. Like, right. you're the one not seeing the reality and mm-hmm. your friends are like, this person's a douche. And that's like half my relationships in the past. Um, and Aish, what you said is like so on point. I was, uh, Tehran, you don't know this. Uh, listeners know this. Um, I was, you know, on and off with this dude that I nicknamed Bruce Lee on the show. And uh, I was obsessed with this guy. Like, mm-hmm. as in, like, it was mostly because he wouldn't fuck me. And I just, and I, after a long time, I realized that's what the obsession became. Like, I wanted this guy to fuck me. And I was like, why are you not fucking me? Mm-hmm. Um, which became a whole thing. But 
I was like living in this fantasy world about who this person was. And when I finally snapped out of it, I was like, I don't even like you. I don't even want to follow you. Like you are actually a gross human. Human. Not even like in a relationship. He's actually just not a good person. Um, And like our political views. And like, I don't even dislike conservatives. But this is like that annoying type, you know? Like I was just like, no, no, you— stopping you. Um, and then, it, but, but I was like, wow, I remember being fully caught up and going, I don't understand why this person isn't giving me what I need. And I was like, do I even want it? Right. I think actually, Natasha, I think you talked about this person on an episode you had with Haley something, Haley Herms. Oh yeah. Haley Herms. Yeah. Or, or I think you did something on, um, Sex, sex positivity, yeah, 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 and so, or maybe I talk your about asexuality thing. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've heard of this situation. Look at him yes. listening to. I appreciate it. Wow, you're <laughs> listened. Maybe, you subscribe maybe. to the podcast. I do subscribe <laughs> okay, to the good. podcast on <laughs> on iTunes. Yay! Thank you. Um, I'm a supportive. I'm a supportive person, but yeah. also I really am a fan of your mindset. Oh, I love. Thank you other people who are brilliant. I love that, right? That is my, that is my cup of tea. That is my thing. Like, Thank you. That's my jam. So that when I find someone who has this introspective, honest, authentic perspective, no one told you how to think, yeah. this is what I, and it could be good or bad. I also appreciate people, for example, like Ben Shapiro, who is horribly wrong, but he's very smart. I yep. understand that he's smart. He just, to me, he doesn't understand a lot of things. Yeah. You, however, I think are very smart and understand a lot of things. Thank so. you. That's so kind of you to say. I mean, in comedy, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if anybody gets what I'm trying to say. Like, sometimes I'm like, that was too smart a joke. Like, and I actually think audiences are very smart, but I also think sometimes no, it's like a fart joke. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I do, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this guy's got too serious for them, but there's a really good singer in there. We've all um, come back. We've all gone back to, but Kim Kardashian's got a fat it. ass. Ah! <laughs> like, it's so true. Yeah, let's just, just laugh, people. Um, Tehran, why do you think it's so hard for people to sort of accept the reality of a situation or a person in general? We're taught, we're taught not to accept reality from a very young age. That is why we are told fairy tales and not truths as children. We're told about the tooth fairy and Santa Claus. Now, I, coming back from... A, a background where my father's an Iranian immigrant and my mother is an ex-basically Black Panther attorney. Wow. Nice. Exactly. Awesome. So I'm, I'm coming from two people who are extremely proud. They would never let me believe in Santa Claus. You think my Persian dad would ever let me think that a fat white guy with a beard bought me something? No, that's not happening in my <laughs> house, right? So I wasn't given in to that form of fairy tale, even though I was actually, uh, I was, I was actually encouraged to imagine, but the things that I imagined is a world full of equality, justice, liberty, fairness mm-hmm. for all. So that's what I was taught to imagine. But the truth is we're taught to, we're taught to believe the fairy tale. You mm-hmm. look at these Disney stories, which ruin relationships for women, whether it's Belle and, and the beast and Belle being, you know, basically the beat never changes the way he looks. She's so Stockholm syndrome 
that she believes he's good looking now. Mm-hmm. Or you look at. Uh, I mean, Prince Charming, Cinderella. Exactly. Exactly. He comes in on a white horse and saves the day and... Cinderella, he didn't oh, even... Sorry, know sorry, Snow like. White, that's Snow yeah, White. Yeah, Snow yeah. White, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that's the thing, with Snow White, um, you know, you're, you're basically, this is an unconsensual kiss, right? Right. So, like, that's really what you're teaching people. It's like, oh, look at these dwarves who are just basically yeah. waiting to rape this girl. Or you have... Even with Cinderella, he didn't even know what she looked like without makeup on. He had to try her shoe. Like, yeah. that's, all, that's all that was. Uh, Little Mermaid, this guy falls in love with a girl who le- leaves everything behind who couldn't even speak. So yeah. what's that teaching you, right? Yeah. yeah. A lot of times, and Aisha, I hope you learned this lesson now, right? A lot of times in a relationship, especially women, especially women and especially women of color, mm-hmm. they oftentimes know exactly what they want but neglect the things they know they do not want. Mm. And they see a list. They see a list. You see this in immigrant relationships all the time where your parents are like, oh, they're a doctor. They come from a good family. They look this way, but you forget that he's a, he's a dickhead. He's controlling. He's misogynistic or jealous or whatever. And he doesn't like Bridgerton. Like, who are you? Who are you? Are you even a good person? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Are you Netflix compatible? That's actually important. So we forget all these things that we we don't want because all the things we do want seem so close and apparent. And we're like, oh, but we can get rid of these. And you can't. Yeah. And that's a very, very, very good point that you brought Mm -hmm. up. Because, like, I know my... Um, mindset and my relationships changed when I started focusing on the the things I didn't want, like my non-negotiables, where I would meet somebody and I was like, well, it's easy at this point to meet somebody that meets the basic good criteria. But then I, exactly what you said was, was ignoring all these other negative qualities. And when you start, sure. I hate to say focusing on that first, no, like, sure. do you, you know, if you have any of these non-negotiables, like I don't, really want to be in a relationship with you, you'll be weeding people out faster and, and being in a little bit more reality. What I are should, your non-negotiables? What are your non-negotiables? Um, mine are, uh, well, I have a fucking list. I have eight. <laughs> um, one, I hate to say this, but I say this openly is like kids. Um, not because I love kids. I love, love, love children. I'm not a fan of baby mothers. Um, because of my experience in the past where I was with people and, and then I had to deal with that drama, um, uh, jealousy or somebody who's like not supportive. I've been, um, with that. Mine are crazy. I've been in crazy relationships, Tehran. So like They're mine not are crazy like, at all. These no, are no alcoholics and no addicts, which is like, yeah, no that addicts. Seems, <laughs> that seems yeah. like pretty normal, but, <laughs> okay. uh, You'd be surprised how many people I ended up with that were addicts. Um, so, you know, I had to kind of focus on those things first um, and like just weed people out. And yeah. Um, Aisha, do you think it's also hard in a sense to accept sort of the reality of a situation because we'd actually have to make a decision about it? <laughs> 100%. Making decisions is scary. You know, it's just so final. Like, I mean, do you feel like that right now with this person that you've sort of been vibing with and like you want something, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, if you see like, I don't actually even like this person as a human, I would have to end this. I don't know. Like this (laughs) this romance in your head or. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like in the past it would have been harder, but now I'm just like... I love you. Know, I'm just so... I've waited this fucking long, like whatever. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Let me move on. Um, because yeah, totally. Like what you were saying. I was totally that girl before who was like, no, but it's okay. They like me. I'll figure it out. But now I'm just like, Ugh, I just, I can't even talk to you. And I'm not even trying to date this person. You know what I mean? I'm just trying oh, yeah. to like slip and slide. So <laughs> can't even do that shit. Taryn, what do you think? I mean, do you think making decisions is hard? Like, and that's why we sort of. For the average person, of course, making decisions is hard. Have you never been to a restaurant with people? Like, you're just like, all of a sudden people are illiterate. They can't read. They're like, uh, uh, uh. that's what we are. That's why McDonald's has such good business, right? Because they give you five options. And if you don't like five, you don't go. And it makes it very simple. Unfortunately, love is not, is not, it's anything but. However, I will say this, that it's actually, love is simple. It's just not easy. And because it's not easy, we always confuse easy and convoluted with simple simplicity. They are not the same. Something can be easy, which means just no effort. Simple means there's effort, but you know exactly what you need to do to succeed. Mm -hmm. For example, if I told you, uh, Natasha, I don't know where you are, but given that you're in relative relative close proximity in Los Angeles, if I told you to walk to LAX, I will give you a million dollars. You would know how to walk to LAX. It's probably not very close. However, because I'm assuming that you socioeconomically have enough money not to live close to LAX. But (laughs) what I'm saying is, it's probably not very physically close and it would be difficult to do so. It would be effort. You would have to put in time, effort. It might take six to 10 hours, but eventually you could do it it would be clearly worth it. Most people just wouldn't get up to walk mm-hmm. that far. They'd say, this is too complicated. It's too difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not complicated. It's extremely simple. It's just not easy. And that's how love is as well. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. It's just not easy. It's actually very simple. It's very simple to, for example, I don't know, um, not yell or beat your girlfriend. It's actually very simple not I to know, do it. It's, so it's, it's a very simple thing. I, I, I have never understood why so many men have such difficulties doing that. Like, what, what is wrong? What is going on? It's simple. It's simple to... So why do you thoughtful. end up in all these situationships? Oh, myself, yes. I, <laughs> this is how it works. When you know better, you do better. I do better, right? So because I know better, that's why I'm, I am the red flag king. I can point out a red flag ASAP. I don't need to go through all of this. And on top of that, it helps that I'm emotionally unavailable. That <laughs> helps a lot. Having things like self, um, self-motivating purpose, that helps a lot. Because you tend to realize that the people who are the most jealous or uh, the ones who fight the most in a relationship are also the people who have the least amount to do. When you just have nothing to do, idle hands, idle minds is yep. even more dangerous. And so... Yeah, Indians say that too. We say an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that saying, but that's, the, that's a conceptual. And, and, it's, and it makes sense that such an amazing historic and ancient culture would come up with this, especially with their understanding of the universe and human nature, right? So you see that where the concept is, if I have nothing to do, that's when you start going, you know what? That's where true. were you last night, mm-hmm. Right. Like, who was that guy at the party that you were networking slash flirting with? Especially in the entertainment field. There's so many gray 
gray areas and blurred lines that people who aren't in this field do not understand or could not comprehend. We do not check in. There is no nine to five. I do not go to work at nine and clock out at five. This is 24, seven, 365, 366 days on leap year. It's what I do. And sometimes when you just get into a creative zone, there is no rhyme or reason. It could be one in the morning and you are unavailable, period. This is what has just happened. Yeah. So, I mean, have you guys also ever been in in the mindset of any relationship is better than no relationship? I've thankfully oh. never been in that mindset. I actually get on people's cases who think that way. And I express this to all of my female friends. You don't want him. You just want a relationship. So you yep. will perpetually be hurt because yep, yep. You're, you're just interchangeable. That's the thing about really liking someone. If you really like someone and they ask you, what is it about me that you like? There is no answer because if it was because she's nice and smart and pretty, then anyone who's nice and smart and pretty will just fit that mold. It's an intangible quality. It is a certain genetic quality that exists that makes you gravitate towards this specific person. If it wasn't you, there would just be no one. Now that is true. Also because you are content to being alone. Like is that an element of why the, you wouldn't settle for just any relationship? Like no relationship is fine because you're content. If you can't tell, I like me. (laughs) Yeah, guys, he's wearing a a hat that says Tehran. We have a (laughs) chain, we have the shirt. I mean, the concept is I actually like me. And that's why self-love is so important when it comes to love. Another concept that's simple, but yet not easy. Self-love is important when it comes to love. Aisha obviously understands this. I know, Natasha, uh, according to some of your podcasts from a year ago, you understand this. This is a part of growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I fucking love me now. I used to, obviously not, uh, and that's what I ended up spending doing a lot of time like literally just like going to a movie by myself and mm-hmm. feeling very uncomfortable but being like why am i not good enough for me and just like learning to just sit with myself um Aisha you said you are also not not in the mindset of any relationship yeah. i have never been that girl who's like oh what's my wedding going to be like and blah 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 like never I, never so but i think you've yeah. stayed in something because you thought like, well, at least it's a relationship. Sure. So yeah, um, when I was in things, I was like, all right, well, I'm having, you know, fun in this and whatever. But like, but I was- There's saying, no better option right now. So like, sure. this yeah. works. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But like, overall, I'm like, very happy being by myself. Yeah. <laughs> and you had a show on this. You had a show on this, Natasha, when you, um, you had a psychologist on and you were talking about being worthy and, mm-hmm. and how you- self yeah. Maybe it was like a year or two years ago, but that was thing. like recent. It was like a few months. Oh, yeah, Doctor. It's Eric. all it's all twenty twenties all long. It's all what it's so long to me. I know, but yeah. that's the concept is feeling worthy. We a lot of times we get imposter syndrome when it comes to relationships where yeah. we we search and we have to be with someone because if not, we don't feel. And even when we are, we're like, oh, how am I? I'm going to lose them. I'm going to lose them. It's like well, if you think of yourself as great. You're not jealous because it's like, who who's she going to cheat on me with? Leonardo DiCaprio? I hope she does. Maybe I'll get a role. Like, it's like, because it's not going to be the dude that works at Chinny Shoes because I, I think I'm great. And so I'm just not worried about those things. It actually takes a lot of worry away from you. 
Yeah, no, that's a very, very good point. Also, like it's it, it's a little bit of this flawed concept when we do live in that mindset of, um, you know, well, at least I'm in something now because there's nobody better yet. It's a flawed concept because, well, you're not leaving your your hands, mind, life, soul open for right. something else. Like we think again, maybe because of this rom-com fantasy that you're in this really shitty relationship, at least it's a relationship, and some prince charming or princess is going to come in and pluck you from that and show you a better life. And it's like, no, the, the only person that can pluck you from that is yourself. And then when you are free and open, you will meet this Prince Charming or princess or whatever, you know. Um, I'll tell you a little secret. Men feel the same way about women, that there's a woman out there that's going to be so beautiful that I will get my life together. And a lot, I don't think we talk about that a lot, but it's a true statement where we think that there's a woman who looks the way we need her to look in order for me to feel the way I need to feel to be the way I think I should be. And mm-hmm. that's a real concept. That that's a, I, I so appreciate you bringing that up because yeah. I was actually one of my questions was going to be, is the fantasy part different for men and women in that, in my understanding, women feel like we live, like the fantasy is potential. And men, it's like actually just a fantasy. It's like, you know, the thirsty guy on Instagram who's like built a life in his head around a beautiful girl that he sees that he knows nothing about, where girls will meet a guy and it's like, they look at him and they go, oh, but but he's actually a really nice guy in this situation. Oh, you know, it's that others don't see that he can actually be capable of this. He's actually very smart and ambitious. He's just not able to do it right now. Yeah, his mixtape's going to drop any day. His mixtape's coming. Yeah, yeah. But, like, do you think that there's that difference? Like, what you said, like, people don't talk about the fact that men also live in a fantasy world. Of course men live in a fantasy world. Rob Kardashian had a baby with Black China. Like, the concept (laughs) is... Instagram likes wouldn't be as heavy as men did if men didn't live in a fantasy world. Only fans wouldn't have subscribers. The concept is men live in a much more fantasy world, oftentimes than women, except it's a visual fantasy world. It's mm-hmm. built around the way the girl looks. It's built away around the way the girl is physically or sexually more so than emotionally or intellectually. And that's so what, give me give us concept. an example of that. Like, what does that mean? Like. Um, is it that you look at a girl and and just describe it? What do you mean? Porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like describe it. A good like, relationship guys, is gonna be like porn, or she's no, gonna make guys you fall do in it. love with porn. They fall in love with porn stars. There are entire groups of cisgender males who fall in love with porn stars they have never met and have never had a conversation with and have created this entire fantasy around how this person is based on the way she fake orgasmed on a screen and uh, got it. And the guy came on her face. Like that's literally what the guy's built an entire thought process around because that is how guys are. Guys believe with their eyes and, and women believe with their ears, which is why guys lie and girls wear makeup. Mm, damn. Oh, that's such a good point. That's a very, <laughs> that's really very good. good point. Wow. 
Yeah. Except I don't know if we actually hear reality because, you know, that's the that's the problem, I think, in half of the relationships. Um, something I've talked about on the show before is I have learned that guys tend to word vomit, which is comes to your point that it's if for women, it's we fall in love through our ear where guys tell us anything. And in the beginning, guys don't realize that what they're saying even has meaning and weight, right? Like you tell me, Tehran, like guys tend to, you know, they'll see a girl and you, you've gone on a date with her. You really just genuinely think she's beautiful. And you're not thinking about it, but you're going, oh man, you and I would, fuck, our babies would be beautiful. And no, then no, that the girl one we is mean. going. That one we mean, we just can't afford those babies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you don't want it right now, right? No. Yeah. But and the girl thinks he's go, he, th- he wants to marry me. He yeah. wants, like, he likes me so much. He's thinking yes. about kids. This when is, guys are just like, oh, I just came to my. <laughs> No, this this is it. No, Natasha, please continue. This is it. This is <laughs> this is you're you're telling the truth. That's why when have you ever been walking and with a guy who you're in a relationship with and another guy checks you out and the guy you're with gets really mad in your mind you're like, "Why are you so mad? I'm attractive. This guy likes me and he wants to marry me." We realized that that guy was thinking about what it's like to have his thumb in your asshole as he's <laughs> doing you doggy style. That's what women don't always understand. The first date is like a first interview at a job. We're lying for the most part. Males lie to get the job. I, I mean, we've all, we've all lied on a resume to get a job. And in fact, some of us have lied. Have you ever lied on a job resume and been like, how did I not get this job? Like, yeah. how, how did they not hire me? I, used, I told them I was the CEO of Toys R Us. Like, how did they not? But the concept is we're doing that on dates too. We're lying. And, and the first questions are things are like, what are your biggest weaknesses? And just like any job interview, we say we either work too hard or we're perfectionists. No one ever tells the truth. No one ever says, I steal from the register and I'm always late. No one ever tells that truth. So the interview is we're applying for the job of your vagina. That's what most guys are going in thinking. However, there is a strong difference in what you said. First of all, a lot of women fall in hope when they think they're actually in love and they're not. They're in hope. Still four letter words, still both screw you over, still both get you F. Right. So love that. Secondly, the concept is also the concept is males lie. Men tell the truth. Males do most of the thing that women think that men do. That is not the case. Males just happen to have penises and happen to be heterosexual or whatever the concept is when it comes to uh, when it comes to hetero relationships. Males lie, males cheat without explanation, males, uh, males grovel, males, males basically, and when I say grovel, I mean after you get caught cheating and then all of a sudden that's when you understand the importance of the person you're, mm-hmm. you're with. Males lie about where they are, males cap about how much money they have, males do that. Men do none of those things. Men are honest, men are upfront, men are, are considerate, men are kind. Men are gentle. Men know how to be passionate when it's time and how to be uh, persistent when it's time. But do not confuse the two. Men understand these things. Men can read the room. Men have those capabilities. Males most oftentimes do not. And even if they do, they choose not to use them. And we see that often. So and that's women, the concept. When we say black men don't cheat, 
It's men don't cheat. Black males cheat all the time. Yeah. But it's, and, and for, for the female side in a, you know, heteronormative relationship, we have to start looking at men and not just being roped into the, you know, the fucking uh, cattle call of, of males. Right. F- fuck boys. I think the scientific, it's I think in boy. Harvard, I saw a Harvard study, they called them fuck boys. Yeah. It's not me, it's Harvard. Are you going to disagree with Harvard? No. So, you know, what do you guys think? Like, how can people start living in reality? How can they see their relationship and the person that they are with for who and what they really are? Unfortunately, that's not a realistic expectation. And the reason is, if it was, movies wouldn't make billion dollars, right? We love fantasy. And the concept is, it's not just men who are, it's not just males who are ruining this. Females are also doing the same. Of course. Females who get into relationships because of what the guy can do for them, not for who the guy is to them. So it's like, uh, well, this guy can take me to Tulum and this guy's actually a good guy. Which one do I choose? looks like, get your passport ready, boo, we're going to Tulum. Yep. So it goes both ways. How do you get people to give into reality when reality sucks? Make it a better reality. Mm. We grow up, you know, my parents have been together for 30 some years. They've been together and the concept is that's my basis of a relationship. That's what my foundation of what a relationship is. Is it always perfect? No. Relationships are not anyone's happy when you're wearing a tuxedo and walking a red carpet, right? That's happiness. Real love is when you're holding her hair as she's throwing up in the toilet and still kiss her goodnight because you love her that much. That's real love, right? Or you can comfortably be like, sleep on your own side. That's real love. That's real (laughs) love. I actually, I made a joke to my friend once calling it diarrhea love. Like real love is like when, you know, you literally are like, oh my God, I'm fucking having blowing diarrhea right now and you like tell the boy or girl and you're like you can be honest about it and they still like love you and make you what you said you know they make you like a home remedy to fucking have yeah Yeah. (laughs) some less fucking sharding diarrhea um we've all sharded fuck it don't don't act like you haven't we have um, even I have. It happens. So, you know, the thing is, like... I love how you said, even I have. Like, we yeah. thought you were the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, you were the true, first true, one true. to do so. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to put it on you guys. Yeah, I saw um, that. I saw that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I get that that we we perpetuate the fantasy, and that's how, how women become the enablers. Again, we're just talking in, in hetero relationships. Um, one party becomes the enabler. But I do think you can change. Like, I feel like I've changed in over time. Um, you know, one quote we say on the show over and over again, which is Maya Angelou's, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time, she says. She doesn't say like the third, second, eighth, hundredth time. Believe them the first, first time. time. Yeah. And, and that's very important. But I do have to disagree with something you said. You yeah. said you've changed, and I, I would hear say you, you disagree with me. You've mm-hmm. grown. I've seen, I, I would say you've grown. Yeah. Growing and changing are two different things. Yeah. So your principles are the same. You've just grown. Your, your comprehension of the world around you has increased. 
So most people, because when we think change, we think, oh, someone who's bad can change to good. They can grow to be good, but it's something within. You can never change someone else. That's the, that's the uh, problem with the concept of change, because once you hear change, you're like, well, if they can change, I can change them. It's an action. I can press the button and the elevator will come. That is what we are. That is human nature, to change the world around us. But to grow within the world around us, that's a comprehension that only ancient civilizations, natives have had, where you're at one with the world around you in a, in a mutually positive way. So I would say you've grown, not necessarily changed as a person. No, that is, that's a that. very fair point. Um, and, you know, I loved uh, everything you said in that. Aisha, do you think we can grow? Can we think. grow to accept reality? Yeah. Again, just use me as a prime example. Like this situation, literally, if it was two years ago, I would have been like, whatever. But now, like, literally, all I did was, do I actually like these interactions? Do I like this person for beyond fucking sexual attraction? The answer was no. And that, I think, is a a really good point brought up. Like, figuring out what you want. Like, Mm -hmm. whenever I get messages from people about how to, you know, they always go like, what is your opinion about this situation? I always say, I don't know the whole story. I'm hearing just your point of view. I don't know who this other person is. All I can say to you is, do you feel good Mm -hmm. with what you're experiencing? If the answer is no, maybe discuss it with that person. If you have discussed it with that person and there is no change, then you have to come back and go, are you feeling better or worse? Mm -hmm. And and then you have to make a decision. Like I can't, you know, I also don't want to be sued to tell you <laughs> what the fuck to do. Right. But but it's also that like, truthfully, I don't know. And the most empowering thing that the only way I can empower somebody is is to to help them make the right decision for themselves by looking within and going, does this make me feel good? Like what you did, Aisha, is this interaction making me feel better? or worse after I like have it. Um, and if it's continuously worse or just not great, then that's also part of the answer. Yeah. Um, I'm also a a proponent of writing things down. I, I love, like I'm sometimes visual, like I'm a pro and con list person. Um, and you'd be surprised sometimes like in your head, those three pros are all you focus on. And then when you write it down, you're like, oh my God, there are 12 cons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The pros feel really good. So feel good. Really good. I will say this though. Sometimes, Natasha. Yeah, yeah. Tell it me. is possible to not focus on the good because you've overthought it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you'll find that you can think yourself out of happiness, but yes. very rarely will you ever think yourself into happiness. So I would say focus on how you feel. If you feel good, then that is it. And if you don't, then that should be all you need. It shouldn't be, I feel good, but, or I feel bad, but. It should just be like, how does this person make me feel? Mm -hmm. Do, Do I feel satisfied? Do I feel content? Do I feel happiness and joy? Are our interactions overwhelmingly positive in whatever means? And you'll find that that solution, once again, not easy, but simple, 
will be conducive to a positive relationship. You should never regret your interaction with someone. And I mean that when it comes to relationships, situationships, sexual. I, I say this all the time. When it's sexual, for example, a lot of emphasis is placed on the concept of sex and what do you do? How long do you make a guy wait? Or how long should it take? And all this stuff, because we've decided as a society that the women are the sexual gatekeepers and we need to denote them by their relationship status, which is why when you're a kid and you have a teacher named Johnson, if he's a male, it's Mr. Johnson. But if, if it's a female teacher, it's Ms. Johnson, Mrs. Johnson, Ms. Johnson, whatever her relationship status denotes her self-worth, right? We've right. decided that. So the sexual gatekeepers should keep the, keep the sexual chastity. Well, when Steve Harvey says things like, you should wait three months, I understand why that sounds sound, but it's not. The concept is, even with priceless art, when a piece of priceless art is auctioned at Sotheby's for $100 million, do you know how much that art is worth now? It's worth $100 million. And while that's extremely expensive, anyone with $100 million is going to get this art. That is not how you keep something priceless. The way you keep something priceless and the way they do this, for example, in the art world or the artifact world is they literally donate it to the one who's most worthy, whether it's the Smithsonian or the Louvre, whoever gets it is the one they know will take care of it the best and will appreciate it most, and they deserve it. And that's how we should go into our sexual interactions and our relationship romantic encounters. Who deserves it? Who am I not going to regret giving this to? You can be in a relationship with someone for three years and regret it, or fly to Paris, meet some guy in the Champs-Élysées, go back with Pierre, have amazing, wonderful sex, get up in the morning, eat some crepe, fly home, and every time you think of Pierre, you smile. That was a great sexual encounter. Wow. No regret. Love that. I love it. See, like I told you guys, Tehran drops like all these these wisdom bombs and uh, and, and, and you're very on point about it. Yeah. yeah I but mean, I wear a robe. Do you trust me? Like, am I the person you should trust? Like, I'm probably yeah, not. I trust you. Like, like you know. <laughs> Do you want me walking by elementary schools? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm in a bathrobe right now, people. That is how that's, I live my that's life. Your, that's your look. It's, that uh, it's a very Time. unique look, guys. If you see uh, Tehran's comedy, which I encourage you to do, uh, he you know, always wears this cool bathrobe, a Tehran hat, some bling. Um, sometimes some bath like uh, slippers. Like, yeah, you know, the slippers. That's all I don't wear. It's like slippers. slippers. Just yeah. chill it. I'm comfortable. I'm at home everywhere I go. I've actually been rocking the bathrobe thing since high school. A lot of people think it's like a comedy thing. It's not. I wear How many bathrobes do you have? I have at least 50 bathrobes. Easy. Whoa. Easy, easy. From ranging from, you know, Versace ones to Bath and Body Works. Like I... Crazy. Target bathrobes delight. Like I have a lot of bathrobes. Like my shoe collection. Love yeah. that. <laughs> you should see my shoe collection. My shoe collection, which by the way, I don't wear shoes. Yeah, you wear slippers half the time. I wear slippers. However, I have easily 500 shoes. If you see, I can can just show you a wall really quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's look. Hold on. Do we see this? Oh my God. Walls. I have, yes. And there's more. There's actually more. I love it. So the concept is, and everyone Where thinks that I like them? shoes. Where do you wear them? Because you're inside the house. You said, I, I don't like to go don't out. Wear, they're all new. Comedy shows. And they're all new. I don't wear, it's the funniest thing. Yeah. People like I like shoes. I don't. I like good deals. That is my problem. <laughs> that is my problem. I love good deals. So if I get a good deal, I have to purchase something. 
Right. Yeah. I, I, you would you would be surprised at the things that I own. But did, did you wear the the bathrobe thing? Just curious. Did you wear the bathrobe thing just like in high school as like a joke, or mm. where did it come from? Yeah, where'd that start? Let's give you the story. Let's yeah, let's set me. the scene, shall we? A young teenage Tehran is at high school. He's the coolest thing ever. He plays basketball, but he also gets really good grades. Now, in my school, there was a principal, a subschool principal, and an administrator. Subschool principal and principal loved me, or at least tolerated me. This administrator hated my guts. I'm a smart ass. I think I'm the king of the school. Actually, the Tehran hat came out of the fact they told us we could no longer wear team hats, which I actually like better, because people would be like, oh, man, you like the Lakers? Oh, right. I hate the Lakers. And I didn't care. It just matched my outfit. Like, I right. do not care about your peasant sports, peasant, <laughs> right? So I started wearing Tehran hats, and I got away with it because it's, not, it's technically my own, my own team. So then here I am taking the SATs. Now, if you remember, they told you to wear something comfortable. Half joking, half because I didn't know what to wear. I wear my bathrobe to take this SAT. I go there, and I'm always late to everything, so there's only a couple minutes to spare. The proctor is going to close the door. The administrator refuses to let me in, says I'm dressed inappropriately because this is a house coat and I'm not in the house. And I explain, so the girl wearing booty shorts and a halter top, she's dressed. The guy wearing short shorts and, and flip-flops, he's dressed. If I take the bathrobe off, meaning I'm actually wearing less clothes, I'm dressed. But because I have the bathrobe on and you cannot get out of social constructs, nah. I'm not dressed. I asked for the principal. He doesn't get it. The janitor who loved me went and got the principal for me. Principal and subschool principal, of course, tell them to allow me to take the test. I get in with 10 seconds to spare, barely had time to get my pencil out of the bag before wow. I'm in violation. Take the SATs, get a perfect score on my SAT. Now, why is this important? Because I'm a minority student in the school, person of color, basketball player, I get a perfect SAT to go along with my perfect grades. I become the toast of the school board. Supervisor, the superintendent, they gave a whole thing. I won the Macy Scholar. I'm giving a speech. I show up in my bathrobe. And by the way, ever since that day, since I went through that weekend and read the rules and realized that the bathrobe was not against school policy, right. I wore the bathrobe every day except for game day where, of course, I would dress up in a suit because playing basketball is a privilege, not a right. So... And I look fly in suits, whatever. Any, I clean up nice, whatever. What's up, Aisha? So anyway, <laughs> I went and uh, wore my bathrobe to the speech and I gave this speech where I felt like I was giving my I have a dream speech. I was giving my by any means necessary speech as I wore a bathrobe on stage and I expressed how people who cannot think outside of social constructs will never, will, will never be able to save the world. And I'm looking directly at this administrator Damn. and explaining how how things work. And I'm like, boxes are meant for things and not people. I will never allow the system to box me in. And I said this, you know, I said this in that energy of Ted Cruz yelling, freedom! Like I had that energy going, you know, but I wasn't quoting William Wallace. I was quoting Harriet Tubman's and <laughs> W.E.B. Du Bois. And that way, I just, I just felt so powerful in that moment. And I wore a bathrobe. I wore it through college. I wore it through uh, getting my master's through law school. Wow. I wore a bathrobe. And whenever I could, whenever I could get away with it, I got away with it. And I wear it not only on stage, but around town. When I go to clubs, when I go to every city, I'm in a bathrobe. When I went to uh, the four times that I've been to India to perform, I was in a bathrobe. 
Like when I go to Dubai or Sweden or wherever, I'm just rocking a bathrobe because I'm just me. I'm like comfortable everywhere. This is my home. And it's also don't judge books by the cover because so many people, it's so surprising how much they know simply by glancing at books by their cover. Like that's not how you get information. So totally. And guys, that, that right there is the truth and reality of Tehran. (laughs) Right. You like how I brought that back? Mm. <laughs> I always want to know that story. So thank you for sharing that. I love that's that. That's a real story. Yeah, I that's love the that. case. That and and you were so right. Okay, so Tehran, you're not completely done yet. Uh, we have a segment we call Six Questions. We ask every single guest the exact same six questions. Don't think about it too much. Just fucking like rapid fire, you know. Um, we'll try not to make comments or judge you. I think you too much. Your... As a guy, I think I can do that. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> done. And, and we'll just, we'll judge you silently in our head, but not out loud. Um, so here are your six questions, Tehran. Uh, first one, what is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? Their neck. And their fat ass. So <laughs> take, that, take that, take with that as you will. That's just, that's the truth. If you want to know the truth. We want to know the truth. That's exactly what we want. What is one deal breaker? If you are, if we are not Netflix compatible, we can't work. If you, if you ask me for the remote, just, it turns out that my love language is shut the fuck up. Don't touch the remote. That actually turns out to be my love language. (laughs) So if we're not Netflix compatible, I don't know if it'll work. What are your Netflix shows? I watch shows. Is it like if she wants something and you don't like Bridgerton and you want, or is it what? Just don't. It's like, if I, if you start, if you watch shows that I just can't be on board with, we can't, and I watch TV like a 14-year-old girl. I love Riverdale. I love Bridgerton. I love Sabrina. I love Vampire Diaries. I'm, I'm like the worst. By the way, I would never admit this in the hood, but I'm just letting you know. Sabrina? I oh, I love Sabrina. Like, I just, <laughs> like, I just, I have a problem. Well, you, you and I would not work because I hate Sabrina. Really? Oh, no. How do you no, hate Sabrina? The new the one? New Sabrina. The chilling? The chilling? <laughs> This, I was like, this is so Have unnecessarily dark. I just Have was you, like, I can't. Let it in. I love Riverdale. Let the murder docs in. Let the murder documentaries into your soul. Oh I hate all those. Um, Tehran, what turns you on? Intelligence. Humor and understanding humor. If you can get a joke, but because people can like things, right? Like, for example, Lauren Hill's X Factor, people like it, but they don't understand how great it is. You know? How great... Sia's elastic heart is if you can understand those things then we can be then we, we can be compatible <laughs> I love that uh, tell us one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships I'm always myself and I'm always myself so that is my biggest yeah. strength and my biggest weakness we tend to find that a lot a lot of people's strengths and weaknesses are the same mm-hmm. um, Tehran I'm very curious to know what you think what is love love that is a great question. Love is. Just is. Okay. How like deep that. was that? How uh, deep was that? Far. That was, <laughs> that, was, that was super yeah. deep and super like, that was a cop out expansive. It's expansive. <laughs> you know, it, that's the thing. It's like when people just say like, yeah. be. And you're like, fuck you. Did you just not have anything else to say? You were just like, just... At the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of the day, that's another cop out. I just copped out of what love is. If we knew what love was, if any of us knew what love was, 
then we wouldn't have art. We wouldn't have songs. We wouldn't have Jodeci. We wouldn't have uh, Pretty Ricky. Like we just wouldn't have anything good. So, so you're having my baby. That's literally how Jodeci started a song. You know what I'm saying? Like that's literally, I was, I was too young to understand what that meant and understood everything it meant. So love is, and when I say is, it's whatever you really want it to be. It just depends on you and not me. That's a great answer. Uh, besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? Yes, you can. Oh. No, no, you said, oh, I meant things like anal. Like, here's the thing. Like, it could be, it's like, you said, oh, Whatever. you thought it was like motivating speech. No, I meant just like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I love consent. Yes, you can. And I'm great. Fair. You know? Yes, you can. I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Tehran, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. We heart you and you are welcome back anytime. Um, so how can everybody find you and, uh, and all your, your wonderful shows and work? Well, first of all, I feel like we're all kind of dating now. Is that a thing? Sure. <laughs> like, I don't feel about that. I feel like, like uh, find me at I am Tehran all across the board. Uh, I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N. My name is literally the capital of Iran. So if you don't know how to spell it, just watch Fox News. Eventually, it'll uh, And it'll also be in the description of this episode, guys. So make sure you go there, follow Tehran on on, uh, all social medias. Um, Thank you again for being on. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much. Um, and friends, make sure you follow us. We're also at Kind of Dating across the board on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, especially on Instagram. Follow us there. Um, Aisha, where are you at? I am at Aisha's Dance across the board. And I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. And wait, wait, wait. Tehran's laughing, but there's one more. Natasha dot Chandel on TikTok. But can I be honest? It's not like I meant to. Other people fuckers have taken my name. Yeah, and I'm there's like... There's a billion of you eventually oh, someone. Yeah. But also but that's like... That's not easy or simple. That's difficult. No, but <laughs> Chandel is a very not common Indian name. And Natasha, as a... I was like... And I hate it because especially on Twitter, like there's some bitch who has my name and she doesn't use it. She hasn't used uh, it in fucking have, years. Have you written her? Have you written her? I tried right in the beginning and she bitch doesn't use no, it. Be... be Ask and yeah. Ask. <laughs> Can I ask Twitter? So then I could just oh, yeah. at least have one less combination. If you were Twitter fa- famous, if you were famous. She's got a check mark, so. You, I don't know. you wouldn't have to talk to people. You wouldn't have to. You just, Twitter would do it automatically. I'll never, yeah, I'll never need to plug anything again. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. dream is to never plug. Yeah. You think uh, Tiffany Haddish plugs stuff? No. <laughs> <laughs> She's just Tiffany. They don't even use her last name no more. They're like, oh, you know Tiffany? <laughs> she ready. <laughs> uh, well, friends, thank you so much for downloading this episode. If you could please take a second um, and write a uh, five-star review, we would be so grateful. And tell a friend. Also, send us your dating stories and thoughts via voice memo to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Our producer is Adam Pineless, and our intern is Karina Uribe. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yenick and Kay Daniel Ellis.